0: in the house of the Lord today, welcome in the Savior's precious name, and we want to begin our worship with number 392, the solid rock. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let's stand as we lift our hearts and our worship to Him. And it's a great joy and a blessing for us to know that when every other foundation has been taken away, and every other support has taken wings and flown, we can trust in the Lord. We know our confidence stands firm and secure in Him. Let's bow, please, in prayer. We come to the Lord this morning. We want to remember all our services today and especially for the blessing of the Lord upon those who are in need. Father, we are thankful this morning for the privilege given to us once more in the course of our life, in the days that we have to live, that, Lord, we have another opportunity of being in the house of prayer and praise on a Lord's Day morning. We are thankful, Father, for this mercy this great grace, we do not want to take it for granted. Lord, we have health, a measure that enables us to be here, and we rejoice for every one place of worship, in the place of praise. And Lord, as we come to bow and worship, as we intercede just now openly and then in the quiet of the heart, Meet with us, Lord, we pray. Pour out the spirit of supplication and prayer upon each one of us. Open our understanding to the Word of God as we read it publicly, as we endeavor to expound on its truth. Lord, may our hearts be reinforced with every grain, every morsel of truth, that we will not miss anything, Lord. Our hearts are so hard at times, our eyes seem to be dim, and yet we want to have greater spiritual insight. We want, O oh Lord, to have a greater understanding of the promises of the Word, to know more of our Savior revealed in Holy Scripture, and therefore, Lord, we are asking today that the Holy Spirit will come and open our minds, open our hearts. And Lord, that the truth will be applied to us so that we will be changed more and more like our Lord Jesus. Father, we're influenced by so much in the world around us, of just seeing and living and being and advertisements and so much stuff around us, and all of that which is many times against our God, against the Scripture, against the objective reality of truth. And therefore, Lord, we need to be safeguarded. And we pray the hedge of protection would be high around us. Indeed, the angel of the Lord would encamp round about us, that we will know that protection. Lord, we're thankful and confident that we have the promises of God, which are true and faithful and grounded and certain in Christ. and We're thankful today that we stand on the solid rock of our salvation. We stand, Lord, knowing the merit of Christ Jesus has been applied to our hearts. And we want to live in the joy and victory and power of a risen Redeemer and of all the power of the Spirit of God. Indeed, Lord, we would pray that the fullness of Christ would be in us. Lord, please wash our minds, wash our hearts, wash us clean through the Scripture by the application of truth to our hearts, and help us to be shining examples. We don't want to be marred mirrors, but rather that we will clearly reflect the beauty and the love and the wonder of our Redeemer to a lost world. Help us, Lord, we pray, to Share our faith one with another as brothers and sisters in Christ. The grace that you've given to them, Lord, let that come and flow to us. And vice versa, the graces that you've poured into our own hearts, Lord, may we share those abundantly. Father, we remember today those who cannot be here because of their sickness in hospital. We think of Dr. McClellan this morning And we pray, O God, that your hand of mercy and blessing would be upon him to strengthen him in his time of need and that the procedure that he's waiting for would come uh, in the right time and that, Lord, you would bless him. We pray for our sister Anna Tan and for Isabel. We ask, Lord, for blessing upon those who are not able to be in the house of God because of their bodily weakness. Remember our sister Serene, we pray for our brother Ron, remember Richard as well. Lord, help these dear saints of God, faithful in prayer, faithful in their attendance whenever they can be. But Lord, minister now to their need and help them. And Lord, not only the physical issues, but we do pray for all spiritual concerns, every trial, every temptation. Father, give us the power of the Holy Spirit that we may be able to abound and go on and to be a bright light in a dark world. And so, therefore, Lord, that which we don't have in ourselves, we take no confidence in our flesh, but we want to be empowered with the Spirit to be able to witness. We ask often, Lord, we pray again that our personal testimony, that we will have opportunities and doors open to share our faith And in so sharing, we'd have the joy of pointing sinners to Christ. Lord, make use of us, we pray. Bless this congregation as a corporate body that our combined testimony and witness would be multiplied and blessed abundantly. Lord, save precious souls, we ask. Build up each one of your people and help us, Lord, to go on from grace and from strength to strength. We do remember those in need in Penticton and other believers going through very difficult times through natural disasters. We pray for our brother Andy Foster, his congregation in Penticton. Thankful, Lord, for the return to their home. And we pray that you would watch over them and bless them, make them a testimony during this time and many others who are in the throes of some natural problem or disaster. Lord, bless them and strengthen their witness during this time. And when we think of this, we also pray, Lord, for those suffering persecution in our own land or in farther, far-off countries. Let their witness and testimony be bright in a time of great trouble. Lord, hear our prayer today. Bless our ministry, bless our school as soon as it will recommence for another academic year. We pray your spirit will be poured out upon all those making decisions for the future, for all of our staff members and our families, our students. Lord, hear our prayer. We think of the Next three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of orientation. and Again, the blessing of the Lord will be upon every staff member, every helper, everyone engaged in this vital work. Lord, make use of all of us, we pray, for your honor and glory. So hear our prayers now today. Bless us and be with us, we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We'll continue in our worship singing Psalm 71. This is a a rendition given by uh, Isaac Watts, and I think you'll find the words very encouraging as well. I'm going to ask the instruments to play through verse 1 to be sure that you get the tune along with those words, and then we will stand to sing. Let's stand please to sing. Together, let's start once more. My Savior, my Almighty Friend, where I need the grace, where will the growing numbers and numbers of thy race? You may be seated. Let's turn, please, in our Bibles for our congregational reading to the book of Romans, chapter 4. The book of Romans, chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 13. For the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are Of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that he had promised what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and raised and was raised again for our justification may the lord be pleased to bless his word to our hearts as we have read today and as we have looked at this portion of the hope that Abraham had, he believed in God's promise, and he believed against all the circumstances that were against him. It didn't look very much in favor that he was ever going to have a son. Everything natural, physical, was opposed to that. But against hope, he believed in the hope that God had given to him, and the Lord His word was true, and Abraham found that thing fulfilled in his own life. And so the seed that God promised that would come through Abraham, and that seed is Christ, and He is the fulfillment of all, the bringer of salvation, the one whom we have trust and confidence in today, and we have our hope for time and for eternity. Welcome to our service today. We are very glad that you are here in person. We're happy that our brother James and sister Diana are back with us from their time in Calgary. Our brother was preaching there for three weeks, and so we're happy that he is back with us in the service again. And all who have been traveling, if you've been away on vacation and have come back again, we're happy to see you. And we know that during the summertime, People need to take their time of being away, and we're happy that you have the occasion to get some refreshment and rest, but we miss you when you're not here, and we want to see you back in your place as soon as you can, and we certainly extend that, our desire for those who are sick and set aside, not able to be here. We pray for Dr. McClellan. We know our brother is watching online from his hospital bed where he is patiently or impatiently waiting uh, for the next procedure. And he came down with COVID, which really stalled things out a lot for him. And he has been in the hospital now waiting for that clearance to get to the next place where he has to be. So he's very, very thankful for the cards and the prayers, the calls, the texts that have come through, and wants to express that thanks to you personally And he'll do that, I'm sure, when he gets back to be with us again. Remember him, please, in your prayer. We also think of our sister Anna Tan, who is at home recovering, and also Isabel, and we pray for them. Do hold up our brother John Bodner, as we've been thinking about our brother as he comes near to the time of his earthly departure, that he will go to be with his Lord and Savior He will know that peace of God that passes all understanding. We've been remembering the work in Penticton and our brother Andy Foster, who is the pastor there, Penticton in British Columbia, because, of course, they have been going through very serious fires that have affected that part of our country, and they were out of their home evacuated, but they have now returned back again, and so they are safe at this present time and appreciating the prayers of God's people, so please do keep them all before the Lord. Think about our services today and the ministries that are upon us as we step forward into another busy fall program of ministry and service for the Lord. We want to remember today at 5.50, our pre-service prayer time, and then our evening service is a special one tonight as it will be a sending service for Pastor Frank DeDerno as he departs here and makes his way to Fredericton to take up the ministry of our church there in the Maritimes. That will be at 630 tonight, and our brother and his wife will be testifying, and our brother sharing the word about his burden for the work in Fredericton. And so I want you to come along and support him And also let me emphasize to you if you want to make a special offering to go towards supporting the work in Fredericton, then you can mark your offering envelope to that end. And if you would also like to be able to support our missionary students, uh, we certainly would encourage you to do that and to mark your offering envelope in that way as well. We're very happy that our Sister Joan McKercher is also back with us. She's been away for several weeks overseas visiting her family. And I'm sure that Duncan is also very happy that his dear wife is back home with him. And so we're happy Joan the Lord has given you safety and travel going and coming back again. So we think about the services tonight, and there will be a fellowship after the service downstairs. And so please, we hope you'll be able to stay for that. This coming Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time at Thursday. And our brother, Andre Lyons, will be bringing the Word uh, this Wednesday evening. So please come along and support our brother and be in prayer for him. Next Lord's Day, our service is at the regular time, 11 in the morning, 6.30. And it will be communion after the morning service next Lord's Day. Please keep that in your prayers And also, want to remind the Sunday School Committee uh, that this afternoon at 5 p.m., just before our prayer time, we'll be having a meeting, and we'll be meeting in the counseling room. That's the Sunday School Committee, 5 p.m. today. We're thinking about the opening of school again, and uh, ask you to remember, please, in your prayers. And there are many things taking place, in the fall program, and it's exciting. It's somewhat intimidating, and as you get back into the full work of the program, it's good. It's good for us to be about our work. Holidays are nice, but it's always good that we're back into the form and the order of a disciplined life, and we need the Lord's grace and strength. And let me encourage you to remember the ministry, the pulpit work, all the responsibilities of The church, in your prayers for our elders and for our deacons, for all the committees that go on uh, working silently and quietly behind the scenes, but yet doing a very, very vital work. We need the Lord's blessing and wisdom and discernment in all of these areas. So please remember us before the Lord. We will sing again to the Lord's praise, number 417. Behold the amazing gift of love, and let's stand as we sing. You to turn now, please, to Romans chapter 15 in your Bibles. And while you are turning up there, I want also to read a thank you card we got from our sister Angela overseas. And Angela is Lorraine's sister, and we, the congregation, have been praying for Angela during her time in the hospital and the procedure that she had to go through, and she is very thankful. She wanted just to acknowledge her appreciation to the congregation. So let me read this note to you. Dear Dr. Saunders Church family, I would like to thank you for your prayer support during my recent illness. It was indeed a testing period, and I was much encouraged knowing that I was being remembered in prayers by so many people, I'm very thankful to God for His faithfulness. I am blessed and appreciate your ministry on Sermon Audio each Sunday, and I feel a part of your church family. Isaiah 41, verse 10, with Christian love, Angela. So she expresses that appreciation, and we continue to remember, Angela, you in prayer, that the Lord's hand would be upon you. So, we're reading this morning in the book of Romans, chapter 15, we want to read the first 13 verses. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope, Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God now i say that jesus christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of god to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the gentiles might glorify god for his mercy as it is written for this cause i will confess to thee among the gentiles and sing unto thy name And again, he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. the Lord bless His Word to your heart. A dear lady in the congregation uh, sent a note this past week and quoted this verse that I want to share with you this morning from chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, as we have been able to lift our voices in worship, in song, in prayer, and now, Lord, as we have read the Scripture, we stand in need of help, I do, to be able to speak this Word faithfully, and that, Lord, You would enable me and equip me to do that, so that the Word would go with clarity to every heart. Reinforce Your truth to every one who knows Christ. And Lord, we pray that any here in our service or anyone watching online who does not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, they would come to trust in Him today. Lord, hear our prayer. Draw near to us now. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul had been taken captive and was being transported to Rome. He was there to stand trial. He was accompanied by Luke, the physician, and also a fellow companion, and along with the crew on the ship, soldiers, and many other prisoners. Their voyage on the Mediterranean became perilous, and they were caught in a violent storm. The situation worsened as the storm increased with no sign of easing, The value of the cargo they had on the ship now became very unimportant as they hung between life and a watery grave. And we are given this gripping summary by Luke. He said, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Apart from Paul and Luke, and it seemed maybe even Luke had shaky knees at this point, every man on board, from the soldiers to the prisoners to the captain and crew, had lost all hope of survival. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I have never been in such a circumstance to know that my life was virtually over, maybe close to it in some times, but all outward circumstances that these mariners were going through, the evidence that they could see with their eyes and the internal fears that they experienced, it all brought them to one conclusion. We are hopeless. There is no chance of us being saved. We are finished. We are done. I want you to fast forward in your mind now and picture this. A middle-aged man, stands precariously on the outside of the barrier of a very high viaduct. As the rescue workers try to talk him out of his intention of jumping to his death, their words are just muffled noise. His life had gone seriously wrong. His job was lost Family, estranged, broken, children away. Debts had mounted far beyond his ability to pay. And he sees now no reason to live. The only answer that he has is to end it all. And try to find some relief to the pain that is going on inside. For this man, all hope is gone. So like the mariners and like the man on the bridge and like so many more in our time have come to the end of their resources, their ability, all their circumstances, they have exhausted every possible escape and they are left today without any hope. We're in a very troubled world, as you know well. It is fractured. It is broken. There are so many scenarios, like the ones I have just recorded to you, they are repeated over and over again. Some we hear of, but most we do not. Rich and poor, black and white, pretty and plain, All are in the same boat as a world races to its final destruction. You see, my friends, once God has been removed from the equation, man is left to find his own way. And in his spiritual blindness, there is nothing left but a fearful end, a world and a soul with no hope. But I say to you today on the authority of God's Holy Word that there is hope in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That is good news today to a lost, a dying, and a broken, shattered world. There is no dead end with Jesus Christ. There is assurance. There is certainty There is a hope that is real for time and for eternity. And so I want to speak to you today for a few moments on this verse of Romans 15, 13 about the God of the Bible who is called here the God of hope. And this means He not only gives its definition but He shows us its practical value and its lasting legacy. And it helps us. It enables us. It equips us for the journey of life this side of heaven. Because, believer, once we get to glory, there is no more need for hope. Hope is that which God has blessed and given to us on this side of the grave. Ah, friends, today, I want you to think with me in the first place that this hope that is being talked about here in this verse of Scripture and that is completely permeated throughout all of the Word of God, this hope is not wishful thinking. Don't we use the term in our regular speaking so many times, but it's different from how the Bible uses the Word. We often talk about hoping it will not rain out. We're hoping that the price of gas will not go up any more than it has. We're hoping, a student might be hoping, that I will pass my examination. We're hoping that we will not get sick when you're around others who are coughing and spluttering and sneezing, and you think, oh, I hope I don't come down with it the same as everyone else. We're hoping that bad things don't happen to us. We're hoping that good things will happen to us. But the meaning of the Word in the New Testament is the meaning of expectation. It is based upon a certain outcome. It comes from a root word that means from another place. So you put that together and you think of biblical hope is something from another place. It's expectation that comes upon us. And so the expectation is not from within ourselves, but it is objective. It is outside of self whereby we are going to receive and understand its definition. And that place, well, it comes from the God of hope, the One who defines and who gives. It is rather interesting that it is the only place in the Bible where this term is used. The God of hope. But the singularity of the use does not mean it is a rare thing. What do I mean? Well, we are told to hope in God. We are called to trust in Him and to obey Him and to rest in the Lord, all of which are connected and founded upon what it means to hope in the Lord. The Lord is the anchor of our soul, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that faith is a gift that is given, enabling us to believe and receive in Christ as our Savior. You know, once, once saved, we are given a new direction, we have a new purpose, we are given a new destiny. And while on earth we have all the precious promises that God has given to us in His Word, He has given us to the, given those promises to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have no need to fear. We have no need to doubt. No need to be cast down because the hope that we are given is based on the immutable, the unchangeable character of our God and the promises that He has given us in the Word. And we know that God cannot lie. And therefore, we have strong confidence. We have the full assurance of hope unto the end. Hebrews 6, verse 11. Full assurance of hope unto the end. Ah, my friends, now we begin to grasp a little more that the definition of this word in the Bible is different than the way we have become so accustomed to use that word. Let us, therefore, as God's people, take the definition of this and realize it's not something misty or uncertain. What we possess in the Lord Jesus, the hope that we have in Christ is very, very firm. The God of hope is not a mirage. He is not some force, but He is a being of infinite power, of infinite wisdom, of knowledge. And to have hope in Him is is not a step into some transcendentalism. No, it is to confidently say, I know Him. With assurance we say, I trust in Him. And to know that we're brought into relationship as sons and daughters of the Most High. Ah, oh, friend, think today what we have. This hope is not wishful thinking. But I want you to notice in the second place that this hope is grounded on faith in Christ Jesus come back to our verse now the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing those two words in believing the hope that we have has a foundation it has a ground upon which it is built and it is faith that we have in Christ Jesus. This is so important because many people say that they have hope in a positive outcome. But the only ground or security of their hope is their either their previous experience, in other words, how they've come through life, and if they have experienced a certain manner of success, a certain element of progress, Perhaps they go back and they rest upon their experience and say, yes, this is the ground or the basis of my hope for the next adventure, the next experience I will have. Or maybe their hope is based upon a wish, a wish that all will be well. It is a gamble. It's like a person that buys a lottery ticket. And and why do they buy such a ticket? They buy it with the hope that they will have a winning. And maybe they buy ten tickets or a hundred tickets. Because the more they buy, their hope increases that they will win. There is much unstable ground that people build their eternal soul on, and it's a gamble. It is not something sure. Maybe they think, well, I was raised in a Christian family. Maybe they will say, my parents had faith, and therefore I will stand or rest or hope that my parents' faith will be enough for me when I come to stand before God. Friend, don't think for a moment that you can stand in the faith of someone else, of your parents or of anyone else for that matter. Some folks place a gamble on their religion. Yes, they may have been born into a religion. Maybe they brought up in it. Maybe they've been faithfully following in the course of that religion for a manner of years. And friend, if that is you or some basis of your background or upbringing, if your dependence or confidence or hope or wish for eternity is based upon a religion outside of Jesus Christ, then you are gambling your soul away. Maybe it's your history of benevolence. Maybe you've been generous Giving to those that have need. Thinking that, well, that will help me when I come to stand before God because He's going to outweigh my good things or going to outweigh my bad stuff. Ah, but friends, you you are depending, you are gambling on something that you have no certainty of which the Bible speaks. Exactly the opposite thing. Maybe you're believing this, that there is no God. The number of young people that have been brought up in Christian homes that have turned away from the Lord to a point of denying Him, they are saying that God does not exist. They do not believe in such a being. And they are secretly hoping that that is true, all the while suppressing their own conscience. As God has written on the conscience of every single human being that there is a divine being to whom they are accountable. And so their conscience pulses continually toward them the evidence of the existence of a divine being. And yet they try to suppress it. They try to escape that. Perhaps there are those who are hoping that all that they do in this life without God, maybe, with God in their imagination, maybe, but all at the end, their righteous activity will outweigh whatever wrongdoing they have done. But let me tell you what that kind of foundation is like. That type of foundation would be like having an apartment complex built upon styrofoam that is painted to look like concrete that has been reinforced. And that styrofoam, we know, has no rigid strength to hold up any kind of foundation or support. And people are hoping that the house of their soul will stand on such an inferior and faulty grounding. But it's no hope, for the Bible speaks about this baseless dreaming. It is trying to build your soul on a house of cards that the slightest movement or the weakest breeze will blow the house of cards over. There is only one foundation that we can have. And there is one foundation that we dare to hope in. For the Bible says other foundations can no man lay than that is laid. That is Christ Jesus. Friends, when we have put our faith and our trust in Christ for our eternal salvation, there is only that ground that will be secure and give us real, lasting, biblical hope. And that is the certain affirmation, that solid ground, that expectation of our soul's well-being for eternity that is safe and secure in this life and in the life that is beyond. A house that would be built on sand, the sand of human opinion or of good works, it will fail when the storm surge of God's judgment comes. But the house of our soul that is built upon the rock Christ Jesus, on Him and that foundation will be firm forever and forever. The only true hope, friend, for you today is in Christ Jesus. And I ask you, are you trusting in Him today? Are you depending in Him as your Lord and Savior? Are you sure that when you die, you will be going to see God and be with Him forever? Or will you stand in judgment before Him without Christ, without God, And friend, like those mariners, as they thought, without hope at all. It all was finished. Ah, friend, we stand today with all that God has blessed us with in His own precious Word. Please notice the third point is this, that this hope gives us balance to life. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Paul is praying. This is a doxology he has given to the Roman Christians. He is coming to the end of this great epistle which the Holy Spirit inspired him to write with so much doctrine and so much application And he is applying it to the hearts of these dear people. And he's saying to them, as I come to the end, I want to tell you, I want to share with you, and to reinforce to you the God that you worship, he is the God of hope. There is no other God that you can trust in, there is nothing else that we can have our hope in. And he is praying that you will be filled to the maximum, to the very height of all your being that you will have joy and peace in believing by faith in Christ Jesus. The Apostle said, as he stood before King Agrippa, before he got to Rome, he said, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God "...unto our fathers, unto which promise are twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope, sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews." Acts 26. So he is putting forward his argument before the king. And he is saying to Agrippa, who knew very well all that what Paul was saying was true and accurate according to the Old Testament Scripture... And he said, I, am, I have been arrested. I have been accused of the Jews. And for what cause? What reason? What is their charge? The charge is that I have a hope in God. The very hope of the God of hope that was given to all of our fathers in the Old Testament. I'm not saying anything new, Paul said. Neither am I depending or trusting in anything new. I'm depending and trusting in the hope that was given to our forefathers and that has been given to all the Gentiles through the gospel of the Lord Jesus and all of the prophecies that were given of the Old Testament. And Paul cites three, four of them. The gospel message of hope and truth that has been given has been given for the purpose of giving us balance in this life that we will know what it is to have true joy and peace. That when the world around us is like a roller coaster going up and down, like the waves of the sea that are so unstable, you as a child of Christ can have that blessed stability in your own heart and mind. How so? Because your hope is based on the foundation that cannot be moved because your hope is in the God of hope because we trust in Him and we have these great exceeding promises that have been given to us. If that does not give you stability in your life, friend, nothing else will. We need to have balance and to be balanced people in a world that is upside down. When they look at our life and our testimony, what should they see? They should see people who are not full of worry, full of fear, full of all contradiction. Worry in our life so often dishonors our God For if our eyes are upon Him, if we are looking to the promises He has given, if we are trusting the very Word that He has given to us, then why is there any worry in our life? We often find that when we're gripped by such a situation and all of us succumb to it sometime or another, when we are worrying and when we are afraid, It means that our eyes are not on the goal on our Lord Jesus. Our eyes are on the waves just like Peter and our eyes are not on the Savior. And when our eyes are on the waves around us we know what will happen. Our faith is troubled and we begin to sink because we're trusting in self and not looking to the Lord. But the joy and the peace that is being spoken about here, it gives us that integrity of life. It gives us that certainty of focus. It helps others around us Other believers who may be a little bit shaky when they look upon your life, believer, going through trials and difficulties, but your trust is in the Lord. My, that is a great stay to encourage other believers. And that's what God calls us to do. We are to encourage one another in the gospel. And so, we have been given these exceeding great and precious promises In Romans 12, verse 11, it says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. My, if you have that trilogy in your own Christian life every day, you will be a marked and a distinct believer. You'll be one who is walking with the Lord And you will have that joy and peace that the Apostle is here speaking of. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. You notice that the Apostle doesn't say, excused from tribulation. No, because over and over in the Bible, God reinforces to us, as Christ did, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer tribulation, persecution, trial. It's our lot of life. It is part of the cross that we are called to take up daily and follow the Lord. Yes, friend, getting up in the morning, realizing that we don't know what this day will bring forward, and perhaps what aspect of the cross we will have to carry today, but we can do so not in despair. We can do so not in depression. But we can do so with joy and peace and hope because all that we have in front of us is based upon the reality of the God of our hope. Yes, friend, the fourth thought is this that this hope that we have is abundant. Carry on, look what it says. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. A hope that is abundant. A hope that is super abounding. A hope that is not something minimalistic. It is not something that is just a few drops or like a little salt or a little pepper. No, this is something that is abundant for us, and that we are to abound in. There are many things that we may not abound in. You might not abound in riches. Oh, you have enough, and you have enough to get you through, and the Lord has promised to supply your need, but you're not super rich. You may not have much fame or power, but for the Christian the abundance of godly hope, that is our possession. That is what we have in the Lord Jesus. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. So Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs. And in Psalm 16, we have these words, which are spoken by the Lord Jesus and by David as well. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Oh, friends, think of that great truth that in Christ our souls are safe and secure. And there is no power, there is no being that can take us out of our Lord Jesus. For He said we are held in the hand of His everlasting Father. And there is no one that can pluck us out of His hand. Does that give us cause? to rejoice today, does that give us a reason in our flesh to rest in hope? Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And I'll leave you with one final thought. This hope is energized by the Holy Spirit. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brought us into faith in Christ Jesus. He showed us our sin. He then showed us that the only remedy for our sin was Christ, and that by taking the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ as the payment for our sin, and receiving the gift of everlasting life, we have this precious hope in us. Everlasting life. And this new life in Christ and the power to continue until we reach heaven, it is not by ourselves. How often we have to learn that lesson. The Lord did not sort of make us like those dolls. He used to wind up the dolls and set it on the table and the doll would do a few things until the spring unwound at the back. Maybe you've never seen one of those if you're in a, uh, the newer generation. But I remember those things. And the thing was until the thing unwound and then the doll would stop again. That's not what the Lord does for us. He doesn't just sort of get us started and then we got to make our own way. No, the Lord is the energizing spirit within us. He is the One who keeps us going. And so Paul reminds these dear Roman Christians that what they have in the Lord, what they've been given in Christ, where they are currently standing in Him, and their hope for eternity is by a power that's not in them. It is the power that is divine. The power of the Holy Spirit. All this new life in Christ and the power to continue until we reach heaven. The Holy Spirit is the one who is the motivating, the empowering, the leading, the encouraging Spirit in us. He gives us graces to keep going every day, to persevere unto the end. The doctrine of the perseverance of the saints is a very precious one. And those for whom Christ died and those who were led by the Holy Spirit to faith in Jesus Christ will never be lost. We will continue unto the end and will be brought safe into glory. And so the hope we have, it is all of grace. From beginning to end, and not of ourselves. And hope, Romans 5.4 says, Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto you. Friends, in conclusion this morning, let our sure knowledge in Christ let it do and activate us to motivate for every day we live. Let that hope be in front of us continually in our eyesight. Let it not be blackened out. Let it not be blurred by other things. But let us be motivated to go forward every day in the joy and peace of what we have. Let it be the right perspective in our sickness and times of trial. When we are going forward with what appears to be success, or when we have been set back in what appears to be a delay, something that God has allowed providentially in our lives, let's keep the right perspective on this. Because this sure knowledge that we have gives us calmness in life instead of being fretful and full of fear. It gives us peace in the place of turmoil. It gives us communion in the place of complaining. Let there be no complaining in our streets, in our church, in our families, in our lives. And it will enable us to trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. May the Lord bless His Word to us this morning as we have considered. We're going to close our service by singing hymn number 427, very fitting. My hope is in the Lord. Let's stand as we sing. Father, we pray today with joy and thanksgiving for all that we have received in our Lord and for the precious truth that we have this hope abiding in us that can never be taken away. Lord, don't ever let it be marred. Give us, we pray, the joy and the peace of it every single day. And Lord, what about those today who do not have that peace in their heart at all? They do not know Christ as their Savior. Lord, work today in their hearts, we ask, and bring sinners to Christ, whether here in person in our meeting or watching online or perhaps listening to this message at a later time. Father, work, we pray, and save. So encourage us, part us now, Lord, in your fear with your rich and mighty blessing, for we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen.